Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. If this is your first time with us, thank you so much for being here. Hit that subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening. Follow us on social media so that you can continue to get updates and notifications when we have new sermons. If you are a returning visitor, I really ask that you would start sharing our content, find the sermons you really like, share them with others, whether you talk about them with someone or tell someone about them, or simply click the share button on your social media. Uh, that would really, really help us out to reach more people, to bring the Bible to more people and places. We really want to try to get overseas, in other countries. That's our goal, and the only thing we can do is rely on support from viewers like you. Today we are talking about praying, specifically a prayer that Jesus prayed right before he died. Now you may know this as the Gethsemane prayer, when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he was just praying, praying, and praying so heavily, so hard, and there are a few lessons that we can get from this prayer. So it comes from the book of Matthew, uh, it's also in the other Gospels, but today we're going to Turn to Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 56. You say, wow, those are a lot of verses. Yeah, they are. And we are going to read them all. So if you have your Bible, please, please turn with me so you can read and follow along as well. If not, don't worry. As normal, I will read it to you. But I really encourage you, to take a look at the references in the description below and go read it for yourself. Obviously, if you're driving or something, you're not going to do it now, so go do it later. 26 verses 36 to 56, and the, the heading is called Gethsemane. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful, sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground, boom, and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Great verse. We've used it before. It's just an excellent verse. He went away a second time. He said, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me unless I drink it, may your will be done. Of course, he said more than that one sentence. When he came back, he again and found them sleeping because their eyes were so heavy. So he left them and went away one more time and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Then we have... The rest of it of Jesus being arrested, this is from 47 to 56. Uh, this part is important, but we are not going to continue 
this part because it's not something that goes with the sermon specifically. So this is why I encourage you to read it on your own because the next part is when Jesus gets arrested. Alright, so there are a few things. Like I said, what is going on here? Jesus takes three of his disciples, part of his inner circle, with him to this garden. Tells them, now this is a beautiful garden. Immaculate. Almost like a palace. He says to them, sit here. I'm going to go over here and pray. And today, if you go to Israel, you can go to this garden, this place. It is incredible. I strongly encourage you to go there. Probably the best trip of my life because it is so amazing to literally be where the Bible took place. You got to do it. All right, so Jesus was so concerned at this point. He was so concerned and overwhelmed. He tells them he is overwhelmed to the point of sorrow and death overwhelmed to the point of death, that what happens? Well, he starts to sweat blood. Now you say, well, sweating blood, that doesn't really happen. You're right, it doesn't really happen. But what happens is you can start sweating so much that your body is kind of running out of water. There's nothing left for your body to sweat. And, and due to this anxiety, this overwhelming anguish, all of a sudden, your sweat glands start to secrete little drops of blood. And so when, when you're sweating, it's not like red is coming out of your face. It's like the water, the sweat is still coming out, but within the sweat, it's mixed with blood. So you're, maybe it's like 75% sweat and 25% blood. And so it's a, a, a hue of red. And Jesus was was, this is what's happening to him. So he's severely dehydrated and, and the blood is starting to come out of his body as sweat. Not simply on his head and face, but everywhere. So he's losing blood uh, rapidly at, at this point and nothing has happened yet. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Luke twenty-two forty-four. He was overwhelmed to the point of death. So the prayer that he prayed has three pivotal segments. First, we're going to talk about what this prayer is. We're going to, we're, so he's praying, he's saying, take this cup from me. What is the cup? So the, the cup is what he is about to do. He, and he says, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, then may your will be done. So this cup is the impending crucifixion. It is like a metaphor. He's saying, here's the cup that you have to drink. This cup involves the next 12 hours of your life, or, or however long it was, next day or so of your life. And it's the, the torture, the impending doom, the arresting, all of this stuff that Jesus went through for you and me. These three segments are known today as the Gethsemane prayer. And the first one is, this is what you can use in modeling your prayers. When something's going on in your life that's serious, use the Gethsemane prayer. Part one is saying to God, I don't want to do this. If it's possible, let me not do it. Like, Lord, I don't want to do it. Please take it away from me. I don't want this to happen. Please don't let it happen. Number two is, all right, God, I trust you. I'm willing to do it. If it's necessary. If it's necessary, I'm willing to do it. And number three is, 
Lord, let your will be done. I accept it. Let your will be done. And so these three segments are very important. Take anything in life, anything, whether you are about to face some type of a conviction or a sentence like Jesus was, or whether it's something like your car breaking down. And you could say, Lord, please let nothing be wrong with my car. Then you could say, Lord, but if something is wrong with my car, I'm willing to deal with it. And then saying, Lord, let your will be done. You can use it in any situation. Your, your possessions, your money, your relationships, whatever it is. You can use this prayer. And this is a great model for praying. So number one, part number one is, Lord, I, I don't want it. I don't want to do this. I, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to go through this. If it's possible, please, I don't want to do it. And we can find scripture to support each of these sections. And I'm sure there is a lot more scripture, but we're only going to go to a couple of them. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So a lot of people say, well, should we even request something of God if, if it's his will anyway? And the answer is yes. Jesus was saying he doesn't want to drink this cup. He doesn't want to be crucified. He doesn't want to go through this. Please, if it's possible, take it away from me. Don't let me do it. And so that's the same thing Philippians is saying. Don't be anxious about it like Jesus with sweating drops of blood. Don't be that anxious. But by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So just make it known. Tell God what you want. Tell him. Tell him what you want. Maybe you want a million dollars. It's okay. Tell God. But then you need to be willing to go through what's next. You have to accept what's next. You have to trust Jesus. You have to trust God. Isaiah 1.19. So number two is that you're willing to go through it if necessary. You're willing. Maybe you want a million bucks. God, please, I want a million dollars. Maybe it's not something you don't want to do. If it's possible, give me a million dollars. And you say, but Lord, I'm willing to not have a million dollars if it's necessary. I'm willing. I'm willing to work harder for it. Or I'm willing to work at it or, or whatever. You're willing to meet him halfway. If, if it's something you want, maybe it's not something you don't want. Maybe it's something you want. Again, you can use it in any situation. Isaiah 1.19 If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. So, number two, remember, I'm willing if necessary. So whatever you're praying for, or whatever you're praying to be removed, that's number one. Number two, you're willing. Be willing to go through it or to endure it. And Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, means you have to be willing to do it and you have to be obedient like Jesus was and follow through, then you'll eat the best from the land. You'll be rewarded. That's not all. We've got another verse. Romans 13.1. Romans 13.1 says, Everyone must submit themselves to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. You say, well, yeah, but I don't like my president. 
I don't like my dictator, I don't like my ruler, I don't like my tyrant, my king, whatever it is. <clears throat> Do you think Jesus liked the Romans that were about to crucify him? He submitted himself to their authority, though. He could have snapped his fingers and they all would have fallen over dead. He could have snapped his fingers and poofed himself to Madagascar, an island that hadn't been, been discovered yet at that point in time. He could have done whatever he wanted to do, but he was willing and obedient to go through it. That's number two. You've got to be willing and you've got to be obedient to what God has in store for you. Number three is acceptance. You say, Lord, let your will be done. Number one is making your desires known. Number two is saying, I trust you. I trust you and I will listen. I will be obedient. Then number three is accepting. You say, Lord, let your will be done. Matthew 6.10 helps us out here. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And so you need to accept. At the end, you need to say, God, whatever it is, maybe the million dollars you're willing to work for, you're willing to meet him halfway, you're willing to do whatever. Then number three, you say, but God, whatever you want, I accept. Your will be done. I trust you. And that's what this is. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to make our earth as close to heaven as possible because we know this is a different world. This is not where we belong. We belong in heaven with Jesus and we're here on a temporary assignment, hopefully for 120 years. And we want to try to make this earth resemble heaven as much as possible. So we say, Lord, your will be done. You accept it and you, you really, you relinquish control. You, you're giving God permission, not that he needs your permission, but you're giving him permission. You're saying, here's what I want. This is what I'll do. I'll follow and I'll obey. But I give you full control. You have full control. Your will be done. Whatever you want, Lord. <clears throat> Mark 14, 36. 14.36 says, Abba, Father, Jesus said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Not like you will do, but what, what your will is, what your desire is. Jesus is saying, look, God, Father, this is what I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through with this. I don't think anybody would. Then he says, I'm willing. I will be obedient. And then he says, whatever you will, that's what I want. I want your will. Not what I want, but what you want. That's what you need to do in your daily life, in your prayers. You got you to gotta get it out. You got to vent. You got to tell God what you want. He'll listen. Then you got to transition to the next step. It's like three levels. You tell him what you want. You're an infant. You're screaming out your desires. Then you go here. You're a teenager. You're middle age. Whatever. And you're saying, all right, God, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to obey. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. 
in order to achieve hopefully what I want still. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of here. And then finally you get to the advanced stage of maturity and you're saying, all right, God, whatever you want, I accept and I will follow. Not what I want. Not what I want, but what you want. That's what I want. I want what you want. Show me and, and, and guide me through it. It's like three stages. You're here. Then you get to the middle ground where you're kind of back and forth here. Then you get to advanced maturity where you're saying, I'm still going to work for it, but whatever you want, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. So whenever you face turmoil, you should pray the Gethsemane prayer. Whenever you want something in your life, something exciting, something new, pray the Gethsemane prayer. Maybe you want a new vehicle and you say, God, we really want a new car. We're willing to take a loan. We're willing to go into debt. Then you say, but not what I want, what you want. And there are more stages than that. You might say, no, we're not getting a new car. We're not going into, to, into debt for that. We're not making payments for that. Then all of a sudden you're like, all right, fine. We're willing, we're willing to do that. Let's, let's, we'll go into debt. And you're like, all right, well, we got to work harder to pay off that debt. And then all of a sudden you might be saying, oh, you know what? No, whatever God wants. If, if, if there's a new car available, we'll get it from God. We'll, we'll figure it out that way. It, it's stages. It's stages. Use the Gethsemane prayer whenever you have turmoil or whenever you have a want or a need or a desire. The three steps are simple. Make your wishes known to God. Tell him what you want. Then you let God know that you're willing to endure the trial. You're willing to undergo whatever is in store. Then, especially you say, if it's necessary for your growth. Like Jesus said, if it's necessary, he'll do it. There's a, a sermon series we have on why God allows Satan to torment you. Check it out. Sometimes you have to go through things It's necessary for your growth. Job went through a bunch of stuff. He had no clue why. He didn't even have the chance to pray the Gethsemane prayer. He just was in it. Finally, you ask that his will be done. You give the control over to God. You say, God, I want this. Lord, I'm willing to go through whatever you want. God, whatever it is you want, I want. It's three steps. That final one, you're giving control over to God. That's it. That's all you need to do. Make your desire known. Be willing to do what God wants. And then allow God to take control. Do that in every aspect of your life. Pray the Gethsemane prayer and you will find that no matter what happens, whatever situations you encounter, whatever troubles you have, all of a sudden they seem so much easier because you trusted God and he got you through them. You gave control over to God. You realize, hey, I'm doing what I can. I'll be obedient, but it's up to you. And he'll see you through. And all of a sudden, everything just seems to be so much easier, so much better. Yes, you'll still have trouble, but you, you have trouble knowing that God is in control because you, you gave him the control. You're no longer anxious or worried about it because you know God's got you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you did for us, for the example that you set, for this prayer that you gave us to pray, 
throughout all situations in our life. We can pray this when we're going through trouble. We can pray it when we're going through a hardship. We can pray it when we want something, when we have desires, when we want more in life. When we're seeking you, we can pray the Gethsemane prayer. We can follow your example. I ask that those watching and listening would take this to heart, that they would understand the significance of this prayer and that they would use it in their daily lives and that when they use it, that they would mean it. That they would go through those three stages of transformation and begin to fully accept that God is in control, that they would give up their control, that they would fully rely on you all the time for everything, every minute of every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're watching and you haven't made that decision to fully follow Christ, to fully rely on God, we can help you with that. It's a simple prayer. It's simply asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please be in charge of my life. Come into my heart. I want to live for you every single day of my life. He died for you. He wants to be your God. So if you haven't done that, if you haven't made that choice, you can comment below, you can contact us, we can help you with that. You can go to your church. If you want prayer, comment below, pray for me. If you want to know more about what to say, we can help you. But you can also get help from the people around you who have been asking you, or you know there are some Christians in your lives. Ask them. They would love for you to ask them about their faith. Number one, because it puts them on the spot to do what they've been called to do, which is share Jesus. God bless.